Good morning, everyone. Welcome to ICF Rome online. And for those who will eventually be on campus, this is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale. And I'm excited for this season that is upon us. You know, we're celebrating Jesus. We're thankful for everything that he's done for your life, even if you don't know it yet. So as you enter into this service today, I encourage you to lean into the worship, to stand up if you can and praise your, raise your hands and praise the Lord because God is faithful. He has a word for you today. I am believing for a miracle in your life. It's in motion. You joined us online today and God has ordered your steps. God has a word for you. And as you lean into his presence, I know that your heart and your mind is going to be lifted, healed, restored, rejuvenated. I'm so thankful that you are joining with us today. Oh, wow, that was awesome. I love that. Good morning, ICF Online. We just thank you right now for joining us on this a little chilly first, first Sunday of December. But it's amazing to be here today. Um, Pastor Jen says hi. She's, she hopefully will be back, I believe, next week. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but today is our very first Sunday on our new theme. And I just want to remind you guys really quick the different themes we've had throughout the year. So in January... We had I Am Proof, El Shaddai, Creator, Almighty. In February, we had Loving Proof, with his name being Nisi. His banner over me is love. In March, we had the Visible Proof, El Roy, He Sees. In April, it's I Am His, Adonai, Master. In May, my birth month, month. So remember that, my birth month. No, just kidding. Uh, the guiding proof. Jehovah Rapha, my shepherd. Actually, I just messed that up. Rapha's the next. That's, that's Ra, my shepherd. In June, it's the healing proof. Rapha, he heals. In July, I am redeemed. Jehovah, he redeems. August, the proof of peace. Shalom, he brings peace. September is I am chosen. Elkanah, he is our refuge. In October was the invincible proof. Shama, he is present. In November this past month, it was I am commissioned. Jaira, he provides. And in the month of December, our last month is the eternal proof. El Olam the everlasting God. So this month we celebrate Jesus' birth, the beginning of the, what God has done, the bringing of salvation to all of us. So I want to look really quick at what everlasting means. And so the very first thing I always do is I open up the dictionary, not a physical dictionary, but I do open it up online, and it should be up here. Everlasting, according to Collins Dictionary, is number one, never coming to an end. Lasting forever, eternal. 
Secondly is going on for a long time, lasting indefinitely, and durable. You apply these to our God. How amazing is that? I don't usually share the title of, of my sermons very often. I usually just jump in. But the title today is Every Earthly Story. Every earthly story has a beginning and an end. But our God is everlasting. He is everlasting. He never, he was here at the beginning, and he'll be here when we leave. So, every story has a start, has a beginning. How many of you know that? Let's see a show of hands. Every story has a beginning. So, if you are living right now, you have a story to tell. If you pick up a pen and you write a biography about your life, what would be written in it? What would it look like? Most likely it would start out with your birth. How many of you would agree to that? Where I see some heads, your story begins with your birth. A whole bunch of chapters about what you did during your life. And finally, the last chapter, we wrapping up your life as your physical body turns to dust. But that's not the end. So your story may sound like mine. And I'm going to share my story in about two minutes. You see, my parents, they started out their life. So our life really starts with our parents. My mom accepted Christ when she was a young teenager. My dad accepted Christ when he was a young man in the U.S. military. They met in a, uh, in a mall, in a mall in the United States, and they fell in love and got married. Normal things, normal people. They got married, they had children, they had me. So I'm standing here as, as the beginning of that story. I was the oldest of three children. I accepted Christ at a young age, not much older than some of these young kids that are in this room back here right now. Then God calls my parents to come to Italy as missionaries, still part of my life. I got to see Christ lived out right here in ICF Rome growing up. And then I left Rome. I went to Bible college. And many, many things happened. I thought I was working. I knew I was working where God had me for many years until my life changed. A new story, a new chapter. Call it the second book, whatever you want to call it. But God's plan was for me to bring my family here, for me to share with you right now. But my story hasn't ended yet, and neither has yours. It's still being written. But our, God, our God's story began before the creation of the earth. And his story is still going on and still being written in our history today. And it's going to be here after we and our physical bodies leave this earth. 
We're going to read out of the, uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 and 29. And this is just to show you how everlasting our God is. It says, do you know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. How amazing is that? He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Amen. And then in Moses, in Psalms 90, he's praying here in Psalms 90, verses 1 and 2. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He is God. He is the everlasting God. He was here before we were here, and he will be here at the end. But he wants us to be part of his story. There is more to our life. There's more to our life than waking up in the morning, eating breakfast, going to work, going to school, having lunch, going back to work, going back to school, going home, eating dinner, and doing it all over again. There's more to our life than that. You see, God wants us to have that relationship with him. He created us to talk to him, to pray to him, to worship him. He didn't create us just to be these beings that walk the earth as an empty shell doing day in and day out. He created us to be with him. He had a vision for us from the beginning, and he has a plan for us in eternity with him. He is everlasting, and he wants us to live with him into eternity. So the question is, when does the story end? Today's sermon is not this long, long sermon. You see, a story begins and it ends. It can go quick, it can go fast. But you see, every good story has a beginning and an end. Some endings are tragic. Just like my parents passing away here in Italy was tragic. Others are amazing. Others, there's going to be some of us, or maybe a future generation, our children, that are not going to see death. They will be here, and then they will not. God will call us to heaven with him in an instant. Yet others, it's a mix of both, amazing and tragic. The thing we do know is that we always want to know how it ends. How many of you want to know how the book ends? If you pick up a book and you read it, go, I want to know how this ends. Just let's see your hands. Come on. All right. I know people that skip to the last chapter. I'm looking at my wife right now. Read the last chapter or fast forward to the end of the movie just to see the end. Or they go to the last TV show, the last episode to see how it all ends. And then they start back from the beginning. I'm, I'm not one of those. My wife frustrates me with that. 
She goes, well, do you want to know how it ends? I'm like, no, I don't want to know. But the Bible, the Bible tells us already how it's going to end. We don't know when, where, or why, or how it's going to happen. But we know that we are going to spend eternity with him. If you've accepted Christ in your heart and you follow him, you will spend eternity with him. In Psalm, we're going to continue in Psalm 90, and Moses continues with his prayer. It says, You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Moses tells us the end of the story ends in our physical death. But we know that life does not end in nothingness. Amen? So in John chapter 3, there is a verse that I think all of you can recite if you've been a Christian for very long. John chapter 3, verse 16. So if you would, read that with me as we do this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. 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 And the people of God said what? Amen. Ah, there we go. So every living creature on earth has a beginning and an end. But God is everlasting. He is here. He is not going anywhere. He is eternal. He's beyond time. He was here at the beginning, before we were created. And he will be here at the end. At the end of our story, we might go back to dust, but we will be with him in heaven, awaiting his eternal kingdom. He will create a place where we will be with him into eternity. How amazing is that? If you claim that Christ is your Savior, you are going to be with him into eternity, a life everlasting. I'm here today to tell you that your life, when you choose to follow God, becomes eternal. It becomes everlasting. See, he created the earth and everything in it. He created you. But in his time, he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth for all of us to live in with him for eternity. Today I'm going to, as I was preparing for this sermon, I, I knew something was missing. I needed a story to complete this. And so I was searching high and low for this amazing story. And I came across a short story, a story that I want to share with you today. The author is unknown. We don't know who wrote it. And it's called The Room. But before I read it to you, I want to give you a little bit of context about the story. Um, in America, maybe in other places, there's little cards, probably about this size, that people would put in drawers to find books. 
So that, like when you went to the library, the old, old school way of finding books. They were called, we called them note cards in America. And they put them in these drawers. And you could thumb through them. And you see the name of the author, the name of the book, and a little description about what it was, was and then where to find that. So the author uses that here in this story. So if you would, put yourselves in the mindset of you are having a dream. You're in that point where it's reality, but yet you're still thinking in another space in your mind. So listen to this story. It says, and this is the author writing, and think of this as yourself. In that place between wakefulness and dreams, I found myself in the room. There are no distinguishing features, save for one wall, covered with small index card files, which stretched from the floor to the ceiling and seamlessly endless in every direction. Everyone had a very different heading. So on each one, there was a caption on them. As I drew near the wall of files, the first to catch my attention was the one that read, people I have liked. I opened it and began flipping the cards. I quickly shut it, shocked to realize that I recognized the names written on each one. And then without being told, I knew exactly where I was. This lifeless room with its small files was a crude catalog system for my life. Here were written the actions, the actions of every moment, big and small, in a detail my memory couldn't match. A sense of wonder and curiosity, coupled with horror, stirred within me as I began to randomly open files and explore their content. Some brought joy and sweet memories. Others, a sense of shame and regret, so intense that I'd look over my shoulder to see if anyone was watching. A file named Friends was next to one marked Friends I Have Betrayed. The titles ranged from the mundane to the outright weird, books I have read, lies I have told, comfort I have given, jokes I have laughed at. Some were almost hilarious in their exactness. Things I've yelled at my brothers, others I couldn't laugh at. Things I have done in my anger, things I have muttered under my breath at my parents. I never ceased to be surprised by the contents. Often there were many more cards than I expected. Sometimes there were fewer than I hoped. I was overwhelmed by the sheer volume of life I had lived. Could it be possible that I had time in my short life to write each of these thousands or even millions of cards but each card confirmed this truth. Each was written in my own handwriting. Each signed with my own signature. When I came to a file marked lustful thoughts, I felt a chill run down my body. 
I pulled the file out only an inch, not willing to test its size, and drew out one card. I shuddered as a detailed content. I felt sick to think that such a moment had been recorded. An almost animal rage broke on me. One thought dominated my mind. No one must ever see these cards. No one must ever see this room. I have to destroy them. In an insane frenzy, I yanked the file out. Its size didn't matter now. I had to empty it and burn the cards. But as I took it, one end, and began pounding it on the floor, I could not dislodge a single card. I began, became desperate and pulled out a card only to find it as strong as steel when I tried to tear it. Defeated and utterly helpless, I returned the file to its slot. Leaning my forehead against the wall, I let out a long, self-pitying sigh. And then I saw it. The title bore, People I Have Shared the Gospel With. The handle was brighter than those around it. It was newer, almost unused. I pulled on its handle and a small box, not more than three inches, small box, not more than three inches long, fell into my hands. I could count the cards it contained in one hand. And then the tears came. I began to weep, sobbed so deep that the hurt, and st hurt started my stomach and shook through me. I fell on my knees and cried. I cried out of shame for the overwhelming shame of it all. The rows of files, shelves swirled in my tear-filled eyes. No one must ever, no one must ever know of this room. I must lock it up and hide the key. But then I pushed away the tears. I saw him. No, please not him. Not here. Oh, anyone but Jesus. I watched helplessly as he began to open the files and read each card. I couldn't bear to watch his response. And in the moments I could bring myself to look at his face, I saw sorrow deeper than my own. He seemed to intuitively go to the worst boxes. Why did he have to read every one? Finally, he turned and looked at me across the room. He looked at me with pity in his eyes. But this was a pity that didn't anger me. I dropped my head, covered my face with my hands, and began to cry again. He walked over and put his arms around me. Jesus, he could have said so many things, but he didn't say a word. He just cried with me. Then he got up, he walked back over to that wall of files. Starting at one end of the room, he took out a file and one by one, he began to sign his name 
over my signature, over my card on each and every single one. No, I shouted, rushing to him. All I could find to say was, no, no, no. As I pulled the card from him, his name shouldn't be on these cards. But it was written in red. In red, so rich, so dark, so alive. The name of Jesus covered over mine. It was written with his blood. He gently took the card back. He smiled a sad smile and began to sign the cards. I don't think I'll ever understand how he did it so quickly. Take note of that so quickly. He did it so fast. But then X is instant, it seemed I heard him close the last file and walk back to my side. He placed his hand on my shoulder and said, it is finished. It is finished. It says here, as the author closes, it says, I stood up and he led me out of the room. There was no lock on that door. There were still cards to be written. The story wasn't over. But God's name was over every single one of those. We're going to close today. I want to have you guys go ahead and stand with me. I would ask that you would close your eyes. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus put his name on every single one of those cards. And he wants to do the same for every single person in this room. The question I have today, one of the questions is, have you asked Jesus in your heart? Have you asked for forgiveness? Jesus wants to wash all those sins away. And like in this story, he does it in an instant. It's not this long, long drawn out process. If you accept him as your savior, he will wipe all those sins away so you can start a new story today. You see, he wants to save you. Today we are gonna do communion, but we're gonna do it in just a little bit. The second question I have is, are you ready to join God in eternity? Are you ready for that? And is your heart right with God? With all eyes closed, if you do not know Jesus and you want him to come into your life, I would like you just to raise your hand. Raise your hand if you do not know Jesus and you wanna ask him into your heart. And finally, if you are ready to join him in eternity, go ahead and put both hands up in the air. If you wanna join Jesus, if you know that you are going to be in heaven with him right now, go ahead and put both hands in the air as we sing a song. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for coming to this earth so that we might be able to go into eternity with our everlasting God. 
Lord God, we are ready. We are ready for you to come back. And Lord God, we just thank you right now. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. We're going to move into a time of communion right now. At ICF, we do what we call open communion. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior and believe in Him, we invite you to join us in communion today. If you do not have a communion cup, uh, just put your hand up in the air so that our ushers can give you one. And I just want to read the scriptures right now. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 29, it says, While they were eating, See, this was, this was at the end of Jesus' story. It was towards the end of his story. This is like the second to the last chapter. Because we know the last chapter. The last chapter of him dying for our sins. But this is the second to the last chapter of his story. Before he went back to being God, everlasting God in heaven. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread. He took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it and eat. This is my body. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being born and coming to this earth to share the good news, giving us the chance to join you in heaven and in eternity. Lord God, as we break this bread, let us remember you and what you did for us. If you would, go ahead and take the bread. Then he, Jesus, he took a cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them. He said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And he said, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. He's telling us he's going to drink again with us in eternity as our everlasting God. Hold up the cup. Heavenly Father, we come together today to remember your son, Jesus. To remember him and the blood that he shed for the forgiveness of our sins and for the healing of our bodies. 
Lord, we thank you for what he did on the cross. But Lord, we also remember that he rose again on the third day and he awaits us in heaven to partake again of this cup with us as his heavenly family. Lord God, we just thank you in Jesus' name. If you would, take of the cup in remembrance of him. Amen. So let's rejoice together. Wow. The Lord is faithful to his children. As you have listened to the message today, I pray that you hear the Lord saying, I know you, I've called you by name, and I'm working on your behalf. I invite you right now to say this prayer with me, to make Jesus Lord over all. Maybe there's something in your life today that has caused you turmoil, that has put questions or doubts in your mind. You know, the Bible says he's as close as the mention of his name. In this season, we celebrate Jesus, the name that's above every other name. So pray this prayer with me right now and ask Jesus to help you. He's with you. You are not alone. I want to say it again. You are not alone. So Father, we thank you right now. I'm going to pray this prayer and you're going to pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, to take over every concern I have, Forgive me for those moments when I have doubted or don't trust. Be the Lord over all. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I say yes to you. I'm all yours from this moment forward. By the power of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to encourage you, if you have said this prayer, send me an email, write us, join us on campus when you get to Rome, because I know that God has something for you, and I know that you need to know you're not going to do life alone. I also feel very impressed today as I pray for you for the needs in your life. I know that during the, the winter months, there's lots of different emotions that come about. And I want you to know today the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. He said his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, I want to pray for your miracle. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would heal the broken heart, that you would restore the wounded mind, that you would be Jehovah Jireh for the one who has needs financially. God, you have shown us this year that we are the living proof that God is at work in us and through us. So right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, across the airwaves, wherever you're watching from, I am praying right now for your miracle in motion. I want you to say, I believe. I believe that God is with you. I believe that God is for you. And I believe that he has brought you to this family of faith, not only online, but wherever you are, that you would know. I have people who write me and I'm praying right now that you'll be one of those ones who said, I found new hope, new life, new purpose as I join together in prayer with Pastor Jen and all of those at ICF Rome. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you 
you for your online giving. I thank you that you are sowing seeds. You are sowing gratefulness to God for all that he's done and doing. This has been an amazing year of living proof. And today, as we think about, we're getting ready to go into a new year before we know it. I want you to know God is with you. God is for you. You're not alone. Your miracle is in motion. I love you. We love you. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. So go out there, walk for him, shine for him, and believe that he's got a miracle for you.